Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my guest today, Jared Nelson, investor in World of Game Design. Welcome. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Well, I've got Kickstarter fever, so I'm stressed out and tired. <laughs> There, there's definitely a few a few Kickstarters going on this month. I've noticed that. And you have one as well. Is that correct? Yep. Picks and Intrigue. It's up on Kickstarter right now. We'd love a pledge. So what can you tell us about Picks and Intrigue? What's what's what is the what is the idea behind it? What would interest folks in, in checking that out? <laughs> well, it first started with an idea called uh, the Capital City of Montkellion. And in our Dungeon Epics line. And so I teamed up with Merle Rasmussen, who created the Top Secret RPG. And he and I just started shooting the breeze and throwing ideas of if there was this giant capital city and we were going to write a supplement for every single building in the city and make the just the biggest city supplement we could come up with. Let's just brainstorm ideas. And so we were jamming through a hundred different thousand word little mini modules And he came across one that he called the Embassy of the Pixies. (laughs) And I just thought that was such a cool idea that in this major metropolitan city, there was this embassy for Pixin fairies. At the same time, the reason it struck me is because my daughter and I, when she was a toddler, about three or four years old, she was just convinced that Pixies existed. (laughs) And you know that age of innocence when you believe anything your dad tells you? Well, I'm supposed to tell my kids the truth. But, you know, we did the Easter Bunny, we did the Tooth Fairy, so I figured, why not do Pixins? And so I I came up to, um, we, li- we lived in uh, Marsh Landing in Florida, which is next to the intercoastal. And my daughter and I, we would creep up the side of the edge of the marsh. And, you know, you got plants everywhere and stuff growing everywhere. And she and I would take little fishing line and little sticks and we would build these little fairy houses in the middle of the marsh, you know, I like that (laughs) right next to a parking lot. And so every day when she, when I got home from work, I wanted to spend time with her. And so we would creep over the hill and kind of peek over and look at the little building. And I would whisper to her, I'd go, Hey, do you see any fairies? And she'd look at me and she'd go, no, I don't see any fairies. And then I, we, every other day we'd do it. And I finally, I walk up and I go, Hey, do you see Do you see any fairies? He goes, I think I see one. And so that whole story, just that experience with my daughter has stuck with me through the years. And since then she's had some struggles in life and, and, you know, uh, she's had her dark days and bright days and, and she and I can always go back and connect to a time when fairies existed, you know, and to me, there's just this whole story of redemption behind it. And that's why I'm doing the project. And it's dedicated to my daughter. And uh, it just has a lot of personal meaning to me. Essentially, when Merle brought it up, I thought, you know what? What if fairies did exist in a, medi- in a, in a medieval Greyhawk-ish type city? And uh, so that's what Picks and Intrigue started with. So is Picks and Intrigue the whole city or is it just focusing on certain fairy areas? Yeah. So the city of Montkelly is what your traditional high fantasy medieval city. We've got uh, a whole dungeon epics line for it that we're coming out with, including an online game and uh, a web-based game and a mobile game. But basically what we're going to do is we are hiring writers and hiring artists to flesh out, draw, and write a module for every building in the city oh my goodness yeah it's gonna be great um and we got james ward who did gamma world we got merle rasmussen who did top secret we got 
just all kinds of writers and a bunch of adventure league guys are writing modules right now for this story. But this is a story of this embassy that is in the middle of, of the, you know, hidden in the, the middle of the city. But the backstory is there, there's an alchemist mage who was creating these formulas and the refuse from his potions were leaking through the cracks in the stones and accidentally spawned this little civil micro civilization of, <laughs> of Pixen underneath in the caves underneath the city. And he didn't know it at first, but soon he realized that there was an actual civilization growing down there. And this magic had created even little suns that would rise and plants all down there and critters and, and these little, these little fairy people. And uh, once he realized they were down there as their creator, he had a choice. He could have just enjoyed the fact that he had created something new or he could exploit them. And, and it turns out they make this substance called fill, uh, which is the energy that creates them and they live on. And he found out that that could be harvested to create artifacts for the city above. Oh, wow. This book is the story about a civilization, an entire civilization being exploited. And the mission of the players is to go down and decide what they're going to do. Are they going to help? Are they going to exploit it? But it's a, it's got some, some dark subtones. It's not your rainbow fairy tale. It is a very gritty, dark story, much more like uh, Carnival Row with reasonably mature topics and um, just some really intriguing storylines that these writers are going to bring to bring to vision for me. So that is interesting. It's interesting. You, you talk about the, the looking for the fairies. Well, my my uh, and I probably said this a couple of times over the year or so on this podcast. When I was growing up, we had on my grandmother's farm, she had this little tree stump thing. And they yep. had the little like rails and the little the little building built out of like twigs and, and little sticks. Yeah. And there was a little fairy house. Yeah. And I always say that's one of my biggest things why I love dungeon delving and stuff. Cause I remember my imagination going to crazy places. Like, what could be if you go in there? And I love the I love pixies and fairies because of those memories as a kid. I used to read the Oz books and we'd explore oh, yeah. the Behind the church, there was this whole field that was hidden behind the trees, and we'd say it was odd. So that kind of exploration as a child is really, really is a big thing for me when I play, and it's it's kind of the same imagination I'm reaching to, and a lot of those memories as well. So I appreciate the the fairies there and, and looking for the fairies around the marsh. And it was the marsh, right? Isn't that what we had said? Yeah. Well. The other side of the story is I bought this house and my house has this giant pool in the back and that pool had this huge philodendron elephant ear plant that hung almost halfway over the side of the pool covering it. When you when you get really close to the to the plants, it, it looks like a whole fairy world under there. Ah, nice. That was the actual setting for the Picks and Intrigue was the philodendron fort, Fort Bramblevine. And so... That was our first setting was based on the, the plants that were growing next to my swimming pool. But when you swim up to them and you look at them real close, it just looks like a fairy one, uh, wonderland. It's really cool. Yeah, that's the kind of like those little little things hidden underneath the trees and behind all the all the overgrowth and whatnot out there. What's in there? Yeah. What's behind the bramble? <laughs> every right. time I every time I go on a hike and when I'm out hiking in the woods, I'll be I'll be looking around at all the. And I'll just be thinking that imagine in my 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 players or my my player party going through the woods and on their journey. I'm like it, it fuels that imagination for what we're doing in the game. <laughs> That's right. Pixin is going on right now. It's on it's on Kickstarter. We'll make sure we have a link to the Kickstarter in here. 
what are we looking at like tier wise reward wise what what are we looking at to get in and get in on this and to play it <laughs> one of the really cool things about this is i i love sculpting terrain and so one of the terrain pieces that i sculpted is this oh nice I, I, nice that's that's pretty cool looking it, it is a uh, for those of you that cannot see uh, is that a doorway with 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 uh, vines and brush and fantasy looking really nice looking pieces here coming out. This is called an adventure hex and it's a size of a it's a seven inch hexagon. And if you imagine a gaming table, you know, being three feet deep and four feet wide, it only takes 10 or 11 tiles to fill up the whole game table. Right. Mm -hmm. This particular doorway that I'm showing shows these two doors that open up. If you, if the humans walk Near the doorway, they shrink down to the size of a pixin to enter the realm of the pixin. And the oh. pixin that come out expand to the size of humans, and that's the embassy, right? And so oh. this is the embassy doorway, mm -hmm. and there's a whole 24-page supplement just about the doorway, you know? Oh, there's no. A whole, whole plot hook for that. Excellent. That's that's great. I, I, I like that. Shrinking we got down. 40 other tiles, and every one of them has a plot hook. One is a a smuggler's port from the branches that go down to the infested waters where the queen, the Ultrich queen has infested the waters with it, with stuff. The Pixen are living in this fort and they think they're defending the queen and she's really good, but there's actually a darker subtext and Pixen are disappearing and no one knows where they're going. And so there's a whole mystery to solve. They have this oyster bed that, that it, we've also sculpted as part of their pledge in the Kickstarter. And there's a supplement that goes with that. And, the 3D resin tiles are extremely durable, but we also have the 2D just print and plays that you can, you don't have to do the full terrain if you don't want to, but we really think this is a great combination of an adventure hex with a story plot hook that goes with each, uh, each tile. And it's not like Dwarven Forge where, you know, you got lots of little pieces and it takes about three hours to set your table up. This is fast play. You just throw them on the table and play the game and you're good to go. How many of how many of the hexes are included in this that were that you're currently kickstarting total? Is that does so there's 40 40 resin cast hexes. Mm -hmm. You'll see the pledge levels in there. You can get an unpainted pledge or a fully painted pledge, which I will hand paint every single one of them for you. And then of course the adventure book is something similar to this quality. This is my Mayan one, but it would be you know, a, a, a 24 page supplement for that. And then we have this uh, nice RPG supplement that goes with it. So we're really excited about the project because it's a, a neat blend of terrain and, uh, you know, an RPG that survives without the terrain. And there's one other feature too, which is you can see the QR code in the front page. Yes. If you scan that QR code, you can download, it comes in 5e, but you can download Savage Worlds, DCC, Swords and Wizardry, any other rule system you want. So the book comes compatible with any other game system. I had you briefly on here when we spoke to Tim Cask uh, earlier. What was that? Was that last year? Earlier this year, we did Curse of the Weaver Queen, which is a box set. And that's about uh, ready to go into layout and will be start fulfilling shortly. But we, we didn't get a really chance to talk to you as much as Tim. And one of the things I often ask guests when they come on is I, I, I'm curious about their gaming history, where they got their start, how that looked like the evolution to do from that to making games. So I had the interesting experience when I was about 25 years old. I accidentally taught a billionaire how to check his email and he made me president of an Internet company. 
And I was learning how business worked uh, very early on in my life. But I told him that I was an avid role player. And I, I said, well, you know, I had just come from Delavan, Wisconsin, and I had approached Gary Gygax. I left a napkin on his front porch. <laughs> I, I went to Gary's house. Uh, and it sounds a little creepy now that I think about it. But I left a napkin on his front porch and I said, hey, I noticed you've left TSR and you're not doing dangerous journeys any or dangerous journeys anymore. And I said, you know, I will do a free website for you if you're interested. And this was on something called the Internet that he didn't know what it was. <laughs> and um, he was like, sure, what the hell? So he called me back. That started a whole two-year cycle where I actually got to go play D&D on Gary's front porch. His wife threw a birthday party for my son on 4th of July. I got to meet Luke Gygax and Alex Gygax. And Alex was like 10 years old, super short kid. I got I got an interesting taste of being part of the Gygax uh, circle there in Lake Geneva for, for about two years. And it was a really special time for me because I'm such a fan, right? And yeah. I launched, I helped him launch Gygax.com and got him on the internet. He was in kind of a depression, I think, because TSR had run past him. And and that's back when things were still a little bitter, you know. And and I think it was just a nice way to get him back into the game, you know. Yeah. And after after I was able to do the Gygax.com, he then partnered up with Troll Lord and they started doing their uh, Castle Zagig stuff and Chris Clark got in there and started publishing stuff with him for Legendary Adventures, which I helped with. And it just, it was a magical time for me. That's how I kind of got started. Excellent. Excellent. That's, 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 that's a pretty cool story. It's pretty interesting getting to meet and play with Gary. That's cool. <laughs> well, fun, fun fact. I, I later I published my first role-playing game called Shards of the Stone and I walked up to his porch because I was super excited to show Gary that I actually published my first book. Right. And so I, I had taken the book, I had stamped it with our corporate seal so that it had this embossing of my name, my company name. And I signed it number, it was the number one copy. I had everybody sign it and that was going to be my copy, right? And so I walk up to his porch and it's this rickety wood porch. And, and you know, he's, he always sat out in the gazebo kind of, it had this little round area cut out and that's where he would game and shoot the breeze. And I walked up and I said, Gary, I can't wait to show you. This is the first book I've ever published. He takes it. And he flips through a couple of pages with moderate interest and then loses interest and goes, thanks. And then he puts it under his chair. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking in my head, I didn't give it to you. I want it back. And and then I'm thinking, but I can't ask for it back because it's Gary. It's like the king of role-playing games. And then I'm thinking, uh, I think I'm just going to have to sacrifice my number one copy at, on the altar of Gary because... There's no way I'm going to be so brash as to ask for it back. So I never got my copy back. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. That's, that's a great story. Somewhere in, somewhere in Gail Gygax's basement, my number one copy is sitting there. And I know it's just never being looked at. It's sad. Well, we'll have to we'll have to make sure she hears this episode and the story and gets it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless her. If I can get that back, that would be awesome. Well, we're about out of time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find you online and check out your stuff? Yeah. So our website's real simple. World of Game Design, W-O-G-D.com. If you want to buy our book, it's at RPGstore.com. If you want to pledge our Kickstarter, it's at Kickstarter.com and just search for Pixin Intrigue or World of Game Design and you can find it easily. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great chatting with you. 
Thanks, man. I'll see you next okay. next Kickstarter. Next Kickstarter, definitely. All if right. you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You know, search us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.